I have so much to be thankful for today. I feel in my heart a kind of a welling up of some feelings and thoughts, and uh, I'm just, uh, I have so much to be grateful for. I do count it a great privilege to be able to be back here with you again, and the privilege to, to share God's Word, and, and uh, I've enjoyed this time of rest and quietness and a uh, little, little bit of isolation. All those things have been, uh, solitude's the better word for that. Uh, I've enjoyed that and reconnecting the last couple of weeks. And out of that, I really want to share with you this morning a little bit of, of my journey and what I have felt and what I've sensed from God's Word and just uh, where I'm at. Um, I'm thankful to be back in action. Uh, I was sick for one week, and then the second week I was just kind of tired, so I took another week of uh, vacation and enjoyed that so much. And I want to say to our church family, I'm so thankful for your kindnesses to, to us, to Debbie and to I. You were so kind and supportive, and in so many ways just showed us uh, your love, and, uh, and we're just grateful for that. It was, it was uh, very precious and special, and I appreciate that. I don't think you're used to me being sick. I used to brag I've never been sick in 20 years, and now I won't be saying that for another 20 years or so. But uh, thank you so much. I do want to say so many ways thank you for your kindness to us. And I have to also say that uh, I'm thankful for the time to be still a little bit. Those of you that know my personality know that I don't, I don't do well sitting still very much. And I don't just get quiet and alone very often. And uh, God is teaching me how precious it is to do that. How important it is for us to be nourished by God when we're quiet and still. And I really, really am grateful for that. Uh, That verse and that thought has come to me many times in the last few weeks. Uh, Be still and know that I am God. And I'm thankful for that today. Then I'm thankful for God's renewing strength. That's really what I want to preach about today. The renewing spirit of God. How precious it is. I want to read mostly from the book of Isaiah chapter 40 this morning. But I want to begin by looking at Mark chapter 6. If you have your Bible or a phone and you want to follow along or you want to look at the Bible in the Purack, I'm going to be reading quite a bit from Isaiah chapter 40, but I want to read uh, two verses from Mark chapter 6 as we begin this time together. They're very simple. Mark chapter 6, verse 31, Jesus is speaking, and he says very simply, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat, to a solitary place. Wow, these two verses are powerful to me. Jesus giving the invitation, the call, knowing the heart of Jesus, that He knows that we need something. He knows so well what we need. Jesus was such a wise teacher. He was wise. He was great. He was insightful. And one of many, many things that Jesus talks about, and here we focus on today, is how important it is for us to understand the importance of being quiet with Him. 
Jesus knows what we need. He knows the voices that are out there. He knows what's happened in the last two years. He knows about the trends in our country. He knows about the COVID. He knows about the political turmoil that's going on and and all the feelings and discussion in our country. He knows about the Ukraine and Russia. He knows about all the problems that our world has. He knows our families. He knows where we're at and what our challenges are, what our concerns are about the future. He knows how we are wired. He knows how we uh, are made. He knows that we're made of clay. He knows that uh, we're made of dust and someday we'll return to dust. He knows exactly all about how he made us because he created us. And he created us to have a need for quiet and solitude and rest and time. He knows what we need. He also knows where we need to be. In this short part, and I didn't read the whole context of the story, but Jesus knew that the disciples um, needed to go to a quiet place. He knew that. He knew how to help them get in the boat and go to a solitary place. He knew exactly where they needed to be. And and I I have felt that so much in the last month or so that, that God knows who I am and what I need, and he knows where I need to be. And he has such insight. And when I cooperate with him and I'm listening to him and my heart is receptive of where he's leading, oh, it's such a joy to be led by God's Spirit. And uh, he has my best in mind. He is such a, a loving teacher. He knows my frame. He knows where I need to be. And I also see in this very short passage that, that Jesus wants to be with us when we're in the quiet place. He says that, come with me by yourselves to a place. Jesus knows and wants to be with us. It's not that Jesus wants us to go somewhere by ourselves alone from his presence and sort it all out, but Jesus wants maybe all the the clutter and all the busyness and all that stuff to somehow uh, us to, to, to turn away from that and be with him and embrace him. What a joy it is to know that Jesus wants to be with me and he cares about me and he cares about you and wherever you're at in your journey, Jesus wants to be with you. He understood those disciples. He understood what they needed and he wants to help us to rest as he did with his disciples. Come with me, Jesus said, to a quiet place. You know, our district superintendent, many of you, most of you know him, Kerry Willis, and what he said the day he came here, it's kind of his, his mantra, presence matters most. He said he has that on his website and on the bottom of his phone messages, presence matters most. You know, and at first I thought, well, that sounds like a nice thing, but man, that's grown on me over three years. Boy, it's really true. I think of the presence of Jesus. He's always with us. He's with us in our family. He's with us at work. He's with us when we're doing great. He's with us when we're in a valley. He is with us. Presence truly matters most. Jesus can help us to rest. Jesus wants to help us to rest. Now, if you would, turn to one of my favorite chapters of the Bible, Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40, and I'm going to read from several places in chapter 40. There's so much 
to see and feel and sense from Isaiah chapter 40 about the heart of God. Isaiah chapter 40 is just a beautiful chapter of, of, of a loving heavenly father. It's a chapter that helps us to see uh, our world from God's perspective and uh, God's almighty heart. Uh, the chapter begins, it begins with these words, comfort, comfort, oh my people. Says your God, speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her. So this chapter begins with the tenderness of God. You know, I don't think of this word as describing God that much. I mean, I don't use it that much. I don't think of it that much. But you know what this chapter is saying to, uh, to us through the prophet Isaiah? God's saying, I want to speak tenderly to my people. I want to hold them tenderly. I want to treat them tenderly. I want them to know that I'm a, a tender God. There's a lot of descriptions of God and different things throughout the Bible, but chapter 40 gives us a picture of a God who is tender with us. And that's very precious. He is tender toward us. Now verse 10. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and He rules with a mighty arm. See, His reward is with Him and His recompense accompanies Him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. I realize when I read this part of Isaiah again as we have another picture of the tenderness of God. Well, first we have a picture throughout Isaiah, and I didn't read all these passages, but the first thing that I'm thinking of is, is all throughout Isaiah chapter 40, we have a picture of the power of God. God is powerful. He is very powerful. He is an amazing uh, uh, God who has power to do all kinds of things that He has planned to do. He is a God of great power. He rules, it says here, with a, with a, a mighty arm. The mighty arm of God. You think about God as being the creator. And the descriptions throughout the scripture of His hand and His arm. And here we're told that... Uh, he rules with a mighty arm. Would you go on to that next, uh, that next series there? Thank you. He rules with a, a mighty arm. He has held the dust of the earth in a basket, verse 12 says. You think of an amazing God who has held the dust of the earth in a basket. I've held a, a fistful and it falls through pretty easily. But the, the prophet describes God as holding the dust of the earth in one basket. says here, uh, He who has measured the waters in the hollow of His hand. The waters, the oceans, the seas. Shinkatig. Uh, the Pacific Ocean. The Nile River. Penn's Creek. God has held them in the palm of His hand. What a mighty God He is. He's amazing. He is sovereign. The description is. He is the sovereign Lord. I want us to remember today how powerful God is. When we think about the tenderness of God, we also need to remember about the sovereignty of God. That He has this world in His hands. He knows what's going to happen in our lives. He knows our lives. He is a great, mighty, awesome, powerful 
God. He's measured the waters in the hollow of his hands. And that's just a few of the descriptions that are found in Isaiah chapter 40. I'm thinking the hollow of his hand, that's the same hand that figuratively we're told in the Old Testament God holds us. In the hollow of his hand, there was the man of God who was discouraged and broken and, and running and afraid and weary and Old Testament story and then the wind came by the cave and there God was to hold him in the hollow of his hand. That's the same hand that's found in Isaiah chapter 40 and the, the wonderful power and the wonder of God. We hear in verse 11 that the same sovereign Lord tends his flock. Here with these words of great power of God you have a switch over to the tenderness of God. So this God who is powerful and mighty, He has a heart toward His people. He has a heart toward His flock. It says here, He tends His flock. Like the good shepherd, like we think of Jesus, the good shepherd who, who goes out and finds a lost sheep and, and uh, he, he gathers and carries that lamb in. Here we're told that He gathers the lambs in His arms. That's how God feels about you. He, he gathers you, verse 11 says, in His arms. That's how God feels about you. He sees you that way. He doesn't see you with this anger or hostility or clipboard. Did you get it right? Did you mess up? Uh, you're in trouble now. God sees you as a loving, uh, a loved lamb. And He wants to pick you up in His arms. There might be times in your life when you just need to say, Yes, God, pick me up. It's okay. God, I know I can't do it myself. I know I can't handle it all on my own. And I want you and I need you. And, you know, when the lamb just allows his shepherd to pick him up, what a sense of closeness and togetherness. That's how God sees you and I. That's how God sees his people. And he carries that lamb. Look, look at the end of verse 11. And he carries that lamb close to his heart. Wow. You know that God carries you close to His heart? You know that God holds you close to something called God's heart? I don't know exactly what God's heart is, but I know what it means to me and, and, and uh, what that symbol that Isaiah captures here and, and that God holds us right there. That's close to His, his love and His compassion and His care and He's holding us in that place. He is an amazing, tender shepherd who has a heart and carries us so close to him. I'm thankful. I'm so thankful today for that sovereign Lord who holds me near his heart. And he holds every one of us who will allow him to do that. Verse 26. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens who created all these. He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name because of his great and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of heaven and earth. He will not grow weary or tired and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. 
They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. The everlasting God. I love that description. I love that song. I ask that uh, Sean and the team would come back and we'll sing that in a few minutes closing. But I, I want you to think for a moment this morning about the wonder of the everlasting God. The everlasting God. Oh, He is a God that is consistent. He is a God that is eternal. He is a God that is faithful. He is a God that is confident. He is a God that is consistent. He is a God that is trustworthy. He is a God that knows what He's doing. He is an amazing, everlasting God. All the descriptions of the Bible, and they're all beautiful, one of them is the everlasting Father. He is an everlasting, precious Father who loves His children. All of us have come from different experiences, but I want you to know that God is a Father that loves us and holds us and cares deeply about each one of them. He says in verse 26, look up to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. You guys that have been around here for a while know that I love to think and talk about the stars. And I love astronomy. And you know that I said before, uh, seven with 21 zeros are supposedly the, the last count. I don't know, that's probably changed since then in the number of stars that there's seven with 21 zeros. That's how many stars are out there. Astronomers have somehow think they've counted that. Seven with 21 zeros behind it. I forget the word for that. It's incredible. You know, you ever go out at night, you probably have, and it's starting, just starting to get a little darker, and, you know, you see a little bit different shades in the sky, and you know, or it's your birthday and, you know, if you make your wish when you see the first star, you know, whatever, you, you find your girlfriend that way, I don't know. But whatever, you go out there and you're looking for the first star, you know, and uh, you're watching and all of a sudden, oh, you can see a little star. Oh, that's, that's it. That's it. First one. And then number two, number three, number four, number five. How long would it take you to get up to seven with 21 zeros? Every one of those stars, Isaiah says, now this is, I think this is hyperbole. I mean, it's, 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 it's true, but it's like, that's how we understand an infinite God who is so powerful that he, he makes sure that every one of them comes out every night in order. And he has them all named. You know, you can pay $44 and you can get a star named after you, you know. Can you imagine naming all those stars and keeping track of them when they come out at night? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name because, listen, of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them are missing. You know, he set in motion his laws of science, you know. Though I don't know. He spoke it into existence, so it can't be that complicated for him. But, you know, day after day since he created the stars, he brings them out every night, and they still work. That's, That's the God Isaiah is describing in chapter 40. He is amazing. 
is a creator of all the earth. He is beyond our understanding. Oh, that, that to me, just a, a, a little uh, example. How beyond my understanding God is. In His greatness and His mighty power and His, His, His arm and His everlasting qualities. And then we read here, as we keep going here in these verses, that He does not get tired. He does not get tired. God doesn't know what tired means. He's not limited. He's not limited by our struggles. It's not like God's wringing His hand saying, Oh boy, Wayne, you really did it this time. There's no hope. He's an almighty God who looks with great love and care and He does not get tired. The verse says here, He will not grow tired or weary and His understanding no one can fathom. He does not get tired. He gives us His strength. All that strength that God has and we can describe it in so many ways, God gives us little bits and pieces of it as as we are listening to Him and we're connecting to Him. God gives us what we need. He gives us a little bit of what He is as we go along and we're listening and connected to Him to help us. He does not get tired. He gives us His strength from His unlimited supply. Thank God for that. I'm so thankful for that. Have you felt weary? Have you felt tired? Has there been a time in your life or maybe recent? Go on to that next slide, would you please? Has there been a time in your life that... Uh, that uh, you just kind of feel like you're just kind of pizzazz and you're not sure where to go. Uh, most of us feel that way at different times. We might feel discouraged. We might feel overwhelmed. We might feel uh, the pain of a situation. Maybe our family. Maybe work. Maybe a relationship. Uh, maybe there's just things going on that are overwhelming to us in life. God said it would be that way. We're going to have times like that when we feel tired, when we feel weary. But in the midst of that, God is compassionate. God is tender. God is, is merciful. God already knows what we're going through. God, the thing is, God already knows what we need. He knows when we're feeling that, when we're sensing that, when, uh, when we're at that stalled place maybe in life or where we're are, are wrestling and he knows what we need. Two chapters later, later in chapter 42, I just, I'm going to read three verses here. It says, Here is my servant who I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. And then listen to verse 3. You can go on to that next slide too. It's on there. A bruised reed he will not break. And a smoldering wick he will not stuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. Oh, that, that verse is a beautiful verse. A bruised reed he will not break. Have you ever felt like a bruised reed? You know, it's, it's, it's fragile. It's bent. It's not going to take a whole lot more for that thing to come down. And that's what Isaiah chooses to help us to understand the hand of God. See, God sees the bruised reed. He knows when we're bruised. He knows when we are 
close to being so weak. And you know what? He won't break it. He sees it. He understands us. And then he gives the second part, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. What a, what a picture. You know, you got a candle and it's just fighting for its life. You know, the wick's too small or the wax has come in. You know, we've all candles like that. We light them and they go out. We light them and they go out. We light them and they go out. I just have this picture with this little word picture that Isaiah writes that, that God sees our candle. He, he, he knows that we, you know, we, it was lit, but it's just not much there. And it won't quite pick up, you know. That picture is God sees that and he's not going to snuff it out. He knows us. He loves us. He wants to help us. He is compassionate. He is tender. He is merciful. And so we have these, this great promise In chapter 40, verse 31. But those who hope in the Lord. Those who hope in the Lord. We all have that opportunity today. To put our hope and our help and our trust. And to call out to God and say, God, I I know you're there. I know you can help me. I know you can meet my need. I, I know that if I trust in you. If I put my hope in you, God. If I keep my eyes in the right place. If I... If I get my eyes off looking down and looking into all the, the maybe the problems or the hurts or the discouragement or what, God, if you, you help me to, to put my eyes on you, then, then we read what happens. If we do that, then it says, He will renew our strength. God will renew our strength. He renews something inside of us that, that we need. Um, And he renews our strength. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. I'm so thankful for that today. That God renews my strength. And then he says that we will soar like eagles. I love that picture. I love that picture. We will soar like eagles. We will run and not grow weary. We'll be able to run again. And we won't be so weary because God is giving us something that we need. I'm so thankful for that today. That God helps us to run. He helps us to walk. He says we will walk and not faint. Today I want to say to you that there's a God, a powerful God in heaven who knows what you need. And he he knows how to give you the strength for your life and your circumstances and what's going on with you. I'm so thankful for that God that speaks to my heart and speaks to me. I'm going to ask if our worship team would come. And we're going to sing this song again. That, uh, uh, that we uh, sang earlier. Everlasting God. I just love this tremendous song. I'm going to invite you to stand with me today. And sing that again together. Words are not going to be on the screen. Because they have a little different video. But I think we kind of know the words to this. And if not just listen. But sing along with us. And I just invite you to make this a prayer in your heart about hearing the voice of God and hearing the tenderness of God and hearing the God who is that shepherd that is described in this verse as the one who who gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. How God cares deeply and loves you and cares about you. Let's sing this together and watch this uh, watch this eagle if you would. 
Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your tenderness. We thank you, God, that you are the shepherd who loves us and cares about us and knows us and is watching over us and who invites you to come with you to a quiet place. Thank you for your renewing spirit. Thank you, God, that you're trustworthy. I pray, God, that we would see how precious you are and know that we can come to you anytime, all the time. And God, feel your healing and your help and your renewing spirit, I pray. Thank you for the renewing of God. Thank you for the opportunity to be together today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. God bless.